The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And so we laid to all my elf friends, I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And if you are just tuning in for the first time, this is What Would Arwen Do? An Elvish Perspective on Life. And we are broadcasting here from UC Irvine in Southern California, beautiful Southern California. And this is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people I like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is, I believe, a very good question. But I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you're not familiar with who Arwen was, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place in Middle-earth, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or in Elvish, Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, and I think that princesses nowadays sometimes get kind of a bad rap as being uh, vain or self-absorbed, those are the shadow aspects of the princess. There is the light aspects of the princess, which I believe we see embodied not only in Arwen, but in all of the great women of Middle-earth, Galadriel, Eowyn. And uh, Arwen, through her courage, wisdom, beauty, she had a sense of humor, and she understood service to others. One of my favorite, favorite parts of the Lord of the Rings movies, which we do not find in the books, but we graciously find in the movies, is where Arwen <clears throat> is helping to get Frodo to Rivendell for healing and uh, collapses on the bank of the river after having faced off with the Nazgul and says, What grace is given me, let it pass to him. So willing to put herself in danger, for others and for the larger good. So this, uh, in in um, 
Just a little background in case you are wondering. Um, in Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, a Tolkien scholar, Colin Durias, wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. And I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. And I am so excited because this is going on, I think, five years now of doing the show. And now uh, I have a co-host, a Hobbit co-host that I'm so excited, Milo Lonestown. Good morning, Milo. Good morning, Tani. How are you? It's a beautiful day in the Shire. Ah, it is a beautiful day in the Shire. And it's so funny um, because you always mention it's the Shire. And UCI does remind me very much of the Shire. And of course, UCI is here in Irvine, which is right next to Newport Beach. <laughs> which, which is I- close to where you live and much more similar to... The well, I w- I consider it the phallus or the gray havens, yes, the, the, gray havens. the westernmost land uh, from where uh, all of the last elves of Middle Earth sailed into the west. Cairdan uh, was those, and that was the where the um, the Falathrim lived, the elves of the of the ocean. Um, so we here we are in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> we have the best of all worlds, and we we're so do. blessed. And we have wonderful adventures. I am so excited that you are now on the show and that we get to share um, so many wonderful things and that we get to have not only an elvish perspective on things, but a hobbit's perspective on things as well. That's right, and I will chime in as appropriate (laughs) to try to bring you a little bit more grounded, a little bit more practical from time to time, but without altering that essential elvish quality of ethereal love for all things of the earth and the stars and the moon. Well, the elves and the hobbits shared many common interests, I think, a love especially for the earth and the things that grow in the earth. And we see in the books, uh, in the world of Middle-earth, very special uh, bonding and very special deep relationships between elves and hobbits. I mean, Bilbo left Bag End to go write his book and went to Rivendell to to spend his last days there. And, uh, of course, both he and Frodo, as the ring bearers, spent, uh, sailed into the West to be with the elves in Elvenholm. So, very special relationships between elves, elves and hobbits. Very different, <laughs> very different kinds of beings, and yet very, very close. Yes, absolutely. And so we have... We have adventures to talk about, about things that are coming up this weekend and uh, things that I have uh, an Elvish adventure report from last weekend that I want to share. Um, and um, just to let people know that our show will be ending a little bit early today, but that's because we will be having basketball. Is it basketball or baseball? Baseball. Baseball. From South Carolina. From South Carolina. And that is one of the wonderful things about being involved here at KUCI. There are so many wonderful things for us to enjoy. Not only do we have some of the best public affairs programming, programs everything from how to get published with writers on writing to how to protect yourself from identity theft. We have film school all about... Film school is uh, one of the best radio 
programs on film I have ever heard, and I've heard a lot. Yes, because you are a, I guess you could say a professional film critic. I guess you could say, since <laughs> one year I went to Cannes with Critics Credentials, got up at ah. 8 a.m. every morning for the early morning screenings. How exciting! Yeah, so, I mean, and we, and... And those are just some of our shows. We have Planetary Radio, all about the stars and the moons. Oh, my gosh. Matt is so good. Absolutely. And um, we have some wonderful news, too, that I hope people will keep an eye on our website at KUCI.org and our public affairs website at KUCITalk.org because we will, again, be expanding our public affairs programming into the afternoons. So we've had a little break to try. One of the things that's so wonderful about KUCI is that it's experimental. And we tried different things. We tried new, different types of shows. We tried different types of time formats. So in case there's ever a time when you uh, knew of a show that was here, it may not necessarily be gone. It just might be moved into a different time slot. And regardless of time slot, wherever you are listening to us, whether it's India, Sweden, England, Australia, mm-hmm. we're always available on iTunes just search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, on Arwen. We podcast there. And the podcast can be directly downloaded in MP3 format at KUCITalk.org. As are many of our many of our shows. Most, most of our public affairs shows are available on podcast, and many of the uh, public affairs programmers have their own websites, too, where you can find out more about who they are and what they're up to in the world. And, of course, we have fantastic movie, <coughs> movie uh, music, everything from... <clears throat> reggae to jazz to uh, indie rock to uh, punk to hip hop to electronic to retro. <laughs> One of my favorite programs is the noise program, where it's it's music coming out of noise, and it's just an amazing program. Oh. So, in addition to the wonderful public affairs shows, we have tremendous music. Just before our show this morning, we had looking for a melody with Mel. Yes. And she played tremendous music, Monsters of Folk, my gosh. Yes, and uh, one of my other sh- favorite shows uh, on uh, Tuesdays, uh, Take a Run at the Sun, very uplifting, folksy kind of fun music oh my with gosh. Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca, oh yeah. my gosh. So we've got all kinds of wonderful, wonderful types of music, and people can find out more about that. Or if anyone's interested, we will be having a DJ training coming up in the spring. And so keep an eye on our website uh, in case you were ever interested in maybe um, taking a run at having a radio show of your own. You can come, take the training, uh, make a demo tape, learn all about what it takes to have a show, and fantastic training here. Uh, such a wonderful, wonderful thing that is offered. And uh, who knows, they might be crazy enough to give you a show just like they were for us. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to watch KUCI.org for all of that news and to listen to us live streaming 24 by 7 on the Internet Alternative Radio for Irvine, California, Southern California, and the entire world. And, uh, as I mentioned, uh, baseball coming up uh, just this morning. So we have sports, so we have all kinds of wonderful well, things to offer. As you may know, uh, the University of California at Irvine is called the Anteaters. Mm-hmm. And the Eaters, although one could say perhaps their basketball team is not nationally known, their baseball team is. That's why they were invited to South Carolina to play. Uh, when it's 9 a.m. here, it's noon in mm-hmm. Carolina. And so it's a great honor to have been uh, 
selected. So that's why the baseball is on so early in the morning. Yes, and so we have something here at KCI for everybody. And if you love independent music, music you will not hear anywhere else, public affairs programming you will not hear anywhere else, and would like to support us, you can visit our website and make a donation and uh, be participating with us in spreading good music and and, uh, good fun stuff across the planet that way. Uh, So we've got some wonderful things to talk about. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, you had discovered some wonderful teas on the Internet. Do we have something to report about that? Yes, uh, a Hobbit field report, a field report from my own home. As we reported two weeks ago, Tani, Dan Tropea, a 31-year-old Mennonite farmer in Ohio, has gotten licensed to use the, um, the Hobbit images and the Hobbit names in his line of teas. And so I placed an order for the teas at the website hobbittea.com. And I have here in front of me the three boxes that Ooh, arrived this week. exciting. And which I have shared with the elf. I don't know if she's had a chance yet to taste them. I have not. But I have. Mm, and? Because I like tea. I like things of the earth, things yes. that grow from the earth. I like eating them. I like drinking them. I like smelling them. And so there are three varieties here. And Again, we have absolutely no commercial relationship with this organization. This is just... It's just fun, middle-earth stuff. stuff. Bilbo Baggins Breakfast Blend. And on this box of Bilbo Baggins Breakfast Blend, we see a picture of his hobbit hole. Beautiful drawing. In On the... On the left side, we see, in keeping with the hobbit's love of the earth, this fine-quality tea has been packaged in a recycled paperboard carton using a minimum of 35% post-container waste. So Ooh. it's actually recyclable, which is good. You want to, you do not want to steal from the earth. You want to, <laughs> right. you want to share from the earth and share back with the earth. This tea is black tea, orange peel, red clover blossoms, etc. So there's that blend. There's also Hobbiton Meadow Mint and Gandalf the Grey Tea. And what is? do they have a website in case someone would like to enjoy this tea for themselves? Oh my gosh, yes. It's www.hobbittea.com. So this is one of those things. Also, if you have friends, which I do, we do, who are uh, fans of Middle Earth and just can't get enough of uh, all the wonderful little uh, expressions of artistry and uh, the gifts of the Earth, then uh, these would make lovely gifts for someone on your gift list. Yes. As well as yourself. (laughs) And and they're they're very reasonably priced. We can't say prices, but they're reasonable. Well, thank you. I can't wait to try mine. and and this weekend with the rain coming, it'll be a very good time for some tea. And, of course, elves know the chamomile tea. And, and we see the use of herbs very much in the books of the Lord of the Rings, uh, especially in the Houses of Healing, where um, and even where um, Arwen meets up with Aragorn, you know, when uh, Frodo gets his wound, and they're looking for um, Athelas, so King's Foil, the healing herb, so... Wonderful thing with herbs. Speaking of wonderful things from the earth, we have coming up in just a few moments, actually, someone calling in, and we haven't even had time to do our readings. We may have to do them after the fact, because we want to talk about a gym fair that's coming up uh, in here in Southern California. Elves love crystals and gems, and of course, elves also love gifts. So I have a gift for you, my dear Hobbit friend. 
This is... Oh, Tani, thank you. You're very welcome. For your home, it's a raw amethyst and a rose quartz heart that's been polished and its rose quartz has been shaped into a heart. Rose quartz is for the heart chakra, for inviting uh, love into your life, for enhancing any relationships you have that involve love, whether it's with, you know, your spouse or your children or your family or your pets, can even be with the world around you. So it's all about um, attracting more love and enhancing love in your life. Amethyst is the stone of grounding and peace. So amethyst is used very often to bring more harmony into a home, bring more peace. A lot of times just uh, holding an amethyst or placing it on your on your body, perhaps at night, you know, when you're trying to relax, helps to invite uh, those feelings of, of um, peace and harmony. It's and truly also, beautiful, truly beautiful. Thank you, Tani. My you're gosh. very welcome. And interestingly, an interesting little uh, tidbit about amethyst, you know, people see a lot, as I have this am- amethyst um, necklace on this morning, not only is it f- very good for grounding and promoting peace, but in ancient times, people would... Uh, carve goblets out of amethyst because it uh, was uh, believed to protect from drunkenness. So it's very good also for addictions or for, you know, overindulgences. So I don't know if hobbits ever have any uh, uh, propensity as we elves do once in a while toward a little bit of overindulgence. But um, sometimes from the, (laughs) in this hobbit's case, yes, hobbits sometimes do overindulge in mead and ale but this hobbit is one who sometimes overindulges in the fruit of the cacao tree, oh. also known as chocolate. Also known as chocolate. <laughs> chocolate also known is as chocolate. so well, wonderful. We just happened to have oh a little gosh. gift of, of, of chocolate here this morning. So you now oh you have the gosh. amethyst to perhaps uh, help you not overindulge in chocolate. I'm rubbing the amethyst heart. It's about an inch across. It's, it's the rose. It's it's beautiful. The, that's rose quartz. Rose the other one is the amethyst. This is the and, amethyst. Uh, and there's a wonderful book. We uh, won't be able to go into this morning. Her name is Melody. It's called Love in the, is in the Earth, a Kaleidoscope of Crystals. And this, as you can see, it's like an encyclopedia here. Wonderful. Everything to do with, with crystals and all about uh, the descriptions of them. And elves knew, and hobbits too, but elves especially knew all about uh, crystals and the gems of the earth. In fact, the Silmarillion, which is the backstory for all of the tales of Middle-earth, are uh, the Silmar- the Silmarillion means the tales of the Silmarilli, which were the three gems that were fashioned by Fionor over in Elvenholm, and through which the exile, the the Noldor, re- you know, revolted, came back to Middle Earth to you know, vanquish Melkor uh, or Morgoth at that time, who um, was wreaking a lo- whole lot of havoc. Havoc, and uh, I believe that our friend has called in. We'll have to save our readings, I believe, until after our interview. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's cut to some music. Let's, I'm going to play a little music from the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings. This is Arwen uh, facing off with the Gandalf, this, uh, facing off with the Nazgul. KCI in Irvine.
had to music from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, and that is Give Up the Halfling. And uh, I'm sorry, we're going to fade it out a little bit just because our guest is here, and I understand he only has a limited amount of time this morning, so we're very excited that he even has the time to be able to come and speak with us. Our guest is uh, James Bliss, who is the show manager of the Gym Fair, which is going on right now this weekend here in Orange County. Uh, at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And good morning, James. Are you there? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning and for just being in the world, doing what you're doing, bringing these fairs uh, to people where they can come and uh, be able to interact with all of these beautiful gifts of the earth and uh, purchase them, take them home, and give them new homes. <laughs> so uh, could you just tell us real quickly, um, well, what is the gym fair, and uh, is there... Um, it's going to be at the Orange County Fairgrounds. If people need last-minute information, is there a phone number or a website that they could visit? Yes. Okay. Well, first off, we'll start out, what is the gym fair? The gym fair is a gym, jewelry, bead, fossil, and crystal fair mm. that we host uh, 56 times a year up and down the West Coast primarily. And this weekend, we're going to be in Costa Mesa. And uh, if people are looking for either two-for-one coupons or some information on Gym Fair, they can go to our website at gymfair.com. Oh. And, and that is spelled G-E-M-F-A-I-R-E dot com. Yes, that is correct. Wonderful. Two-for-one coupons are good. <laughs> yes. And uh, for what we have here at Gym Fair, well, we have a collection of vendors from all over the world bringing premier uh, crystals, minerals, fossils, beads, ju- uh, completed jewelry, items for making your own jewelry. Uh, and many of them are direct manufacturers or even the miners come out here bringing their oh. things out. So they, we have both finished uh, goods, and but we also have the goods to make your own. If you make your own jewelry, like do ra- wire wrapping or things like that, we have. We have the supplies here, and we actually have people here, if you're interested in learning how to make your own jewelry. We have two of the top artists uh, in the country right now. We have Elizabeth Gomez. She's a a renowned uh, jewelry designer right here from Orange County, and you'll find her stuff in many of the department stores going down the red carpet. And she's out here sharing her over 15 years of knowledge of jewelry making with the people. Uh, She's doing both little free demos, but and then there's also having a little more intense uh, classes if you want to learn how to do bead stringing or uh, just have questions about jewelry design itself. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Carolyn Eddy. She's a renowned wire wrapper uh, from Salt Lake City, and people really like her, especially uh, the crystal people and things like that, because she'll sit down with them and she has a class where she can teach them how to wire wrap that particular item if they want to make it into a pendant or a ring or earrings or some type of other form of uh, adornment. Now, I have friends that um, have told me about the gym fair. Today is going to be my first time to actually get to go, so I'm very excited. Um, But my understanding is that people can uh, find all types, not only all types of jewels and crystals and gems, but um, at, um, you know, it will very often at a very much reduced price from what they would um, be paying in the retail outlets. Is that correct? Correct. Since we're dealing mainly with a lot of the direct manufacturers or direct importers, you will find items at as much as 70% off from what you would find in the boutique stores or at the department stores. 
Oh, this is so wonderful. And so, um, and then, um, when I was looking at the website, it looks like there are different workshops going on at different times during the day. Is that correct? Correct. All, all weekend, um, we'll have different workshops and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, going on and, uh, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, um, now what are the hours again of the, uh, gym fair? Well, today we're open to the public from noon to seven. Tomorrow from 10 to 6 and Sunday 10 to 5. Oh, wonderful. And again, the website is www.gemfair.com. And um, so is it, is, it, is it quite large as far as just, you know, just logistically should people kind of plan? Is it outdoors or is it indoors? You know, can people bring strollers if they want to walk around and bring their kids or something? We're, we're quite a family affair. We do a welcome the whole family. Uh, some of the teachers do offer things for the, the little ones to sit down and do. They're used to working with them also. But we also have all sorts of neat uh, items to look at. Uh, we do allow strollers. The whole event is indoors, so rain or shine, our oh. event does go on. Oh, according to the website, James, according to the website, it says Building 10 on the fairgrounds. Is that right? Correct. We're in Building 10 and the Parade of Products. Uh, the folks right here in Orange County are very fortunate because the gym fair here is one of our largest gym fairs. We'll have about 125 vendors this time. And one of my nieces, James, this is Milo, the co-host, one of my nieces tells me yesterday that she went to the gym fair last year. She didn't tell me where, whether it was up in Los Angeles or down here, but she said it was a tremendously educational experience and uh, she took one of the workshops, which we can't say prices on this public radio station, but they're very reasonably priced. But she saw the demos and she saw the booths, and she remarked to me, uh, she said, Uncle Milo, this, this, there's so much to learn. There, there are so many people willing to share their knowledge of gems and rocks and minerals and beads and crystals, and she she just remarked how how friendly and wonderful the environment was. So I salute you for that. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. We strive to be a friendly, informative atmosphere. And, and since we're dealing with m- many of the people that actually made these items, that they're taking a rough material and making it, or they're actually the miners, they know quite a bit more than if you just went to a department store or a boutique to buy the same item. So people can come here knowing very about jewelry to, to nothing, and if they're open and they're inquisitive, they can learn either both through the workshops or through the vendors that we have. Many of our vendors are GIA graduates. And you said you had how many vendors? More We're than 100. A, more than 100 this time. It'll be about 125 vendors this time by the time. Well, James, thank you so much for um, doing this. And I'm amazed. You said you guys do this 56 times a year? So you are like in, you're like in a different place, a different city every week. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I may have missed focus 46 times a year, but oh, okay, about but st- a, new, a new city every week, yes. That's amazing. So, um, and this this weekend, this is February 26th through 28th here in Orange County at the Costa Mesa Fairgrounds. And, and just in case people can't come this week, uh, they can visit your website because you do come back to Orange County a, a couple of times a year. Is that correct? Yes, we're here in uh, Costa Mesa five times a year. 
Oh, wonderful. So, uh, well, thank you so much for uh, being in the world and, and doing what you're doing, bringing these wonderful gifts and helping to organize these artisans so that we, we can come and interact with them. We understand that you're very busy, James, and we'll let you go, but we've really got you, ha- we must have you back on the show to talk more extensively about this because there's so much to know. Yes. Well, uh, absolutely. Um, anytime. Okay. Thank you, James. Have a wonderful day. Maybe you we'll get too. to see you later. Have a great weekend. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, and that is uh, James Bliss. What a wonderful name, James Bliss. What a wonderful uh, name. The floor manager, the show manager for the gym fair. And um, uh, we just got a call. There's, <laughs> We're going to be ending the show a little bit sooner um, because uh, for to make way for uh, basketball. Sports are always a baseball. good thing. Baseball. baseball. The, I'm sorry. The I eaters are playing baseball in South Carolina. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get so excited. I, I get know, my I words know. all That's why up. the Hobbit is here, to sort of ground us in reality <laughs> a little bit. And we elves, we're just always having a good time and bouncing around and, you know, we just we always just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, the Gem Fair again. If you want more information, it's gemfair, G E M F A I R E dot com. And it's uh, today from noon to 7, tomorrow from 10 to 6, and Sunday from 10 to 5 at the Orange County Fairgrounds, Building 10, and Parade of Products. Well, and we, um, as I mentioned, our show will be running a little short today. And I don't know if we had any. Uh, uh, any updates to do on the movies. But uh, before we let, even though we have just a few moments left, I wanted to share a reading from The Lord of the Rings. And of course, you know, Milo, how much I um, love your Hobbit voice. And so I would like for you to read this morning a little bit for us, uh, just because, well, you know, we gave a little about the background of the Silmarils, but there's a beautiful passage in The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, where uh, Galadriel is interacting with the Fellowship as they are getting ready to to leave Lothlorien, and they are giving gifts to all the members of the fellowship. And would you, would you, would you please read that passage for us? Yes, this is from the chapter "Farewell to Lorien." Mm-hmm. A wonderful, wonderful reading. This is Galadriel speaking. Here is the gift of Celeborn and Galadriel to the leader of your company, she said to Aragorn, and she gave him a sheath that had been made to fit his sword. It was overlaid with a tracery of flowers and leaves wrought of silver and gold, and on it were a set in elven rooms formed of many gems, the name Anduril, and the lineage of the sword. The blade that is drawn from this sheath shall not be stained or broken even in defeat, she said. But is there aught else that you desire of me at our parting? For darkness will flow between us, and it may be that we shall not meet again, unless it be far hence upon a road that has no returning. And Aragorn answered, Lady, you know my desire, and long held in keeping the only treasure that I seek. Yet it is not yours to give me, even if you would, and only through darkness shall I come to it. Yet maybe this will lighten your heart, said Galadriel, for it was left in my care to be given to you, should you pass through this land. Then she lifted from her lap a great stone of a clear green, set in a silver brooch, that was wrought in the likeness of an eagle with outspread wings. And as she held it up, the gem flashed like the sun shining through the leaves of spring. This stone I gave to Celebrian, my daughter, and she to hers, and now it comes to you as a token of hope. In this hour take the name that was foretold for you, Elisar, the elf stone of the house of Elendil. 
Then Aragorn took the stone and pinned the brooch upon his breast, and those who saw him wondered, for they had not marked before how tall and kingly he stood, and it seemed to them that many years of toil had fallen from his shoulders. For the gifts that you have given me I thank you, he said. O Lady of Lorien, of whom were sprung Calebrian and Arwen Evenstar, what praise could I say more? Mm. And so we see there the gifts of the jewels. And of course we know of the three rings that all had jewels in them, the three rings of power that the elves yes. had. And I want to read just a very small passage, my one of my favorite, favorite passages in the whole of the Silmarillion that talks about the Teleran elves that live in Eldamar, and the Noldor would give them, you know, who were the ones that mainly mined, you know, and uh, drew the, uh, mine, uh, the the gems from the earth, but they would give them to the Teleran elves, and the elves did not hoard them, but they gave them freely. And it says here about the Teleran elves in Eldamar, there they dwelt, and if they wished, they could see the light of the trees, and could tread the golden streets of Valmar, and the crystal stairs of Tyrion upon Tuna, the green hill. But most of all, they sailed in their swift ships on the waters of the Bay of Elvenholm, or walked in the waves upon the shore, with their hair gleaming in the light beyond the hill. Many jewels the Noldor gave them, opals and diamonds and pale crystals, which they strewed upon the shores and scattered in the pools. Marvelous were the beaches of Alinde in those days." And I love this, that it says that they didn't take the jewels and, and do like the dragons, and they didn't put them in big chests and hide them in caves. They strewed them on the beaches to adorn the beaches and to glitter in the moonlight, and, and I mean in the starlight, because the moon had not was not there yet, but in the starlight. So isn't that a wonderful, wonderful thing? And it's just like the elves. You <laughs> elves are all so generous and giving and sharing. Aww showering people with gifts just out of the clear blue sky with no reason except you're an elf. Well, except that we just love doing it. It's part of how we are made. And speaking of gifts, we do have a gift today in case anyone wants to call in. I have uh, an additional here, uh, a small amethyst and a rose quartz that we will mail to one of our listeners if they want to give us a call, 949-824-5824. That's 949-UCI. K-U-C-I. And these gems, the one I give you and this one here this morning, have been programmed, because you can actually program gems and crystals, programmed with love from the elves, from the heart of the elves, to bring uh, harmony to the home and love into the heart. So, uh, any... Again, 949-824-5824. And if you'd like to uh, contact us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, our contact email is askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com, askanelf at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear if you are listening in and just to say hello. So in a few moments, we're going to be, it's going to be time for, um, did we have anything to report on the movies this yes, week? Yes. Uh, not much news. Uh, little things. Uh, Matthew Good, the mm -hmm. British actor, uh, six foot two actor, <laughs> <laughs> but Matthew Good, who you may remember from Match Point by Woody Allen, mm -hmm. the wonderful film starring Scarlett Johansson and Jonathan Rhys Meyers. Mm -hmm. uh, but Matthew Good was his friend in the film, and he apparently has auditioned for the role of Bilbo. So oh. there's still rumors flying around who's going to be Bilbo. The other piece of significant news is the Academy Awards. Yeah. Now, the Academy Awards, as everyone <laughs> knows, is next Sunday, March the 7th. Right? Yes. We know that. But the Scientific and Technical and Engineering Awards 
are given out earlier. They were given out this year on Saturday, February the 20th. Hmm. And guess who got a bronze plaque for the uh, Scientific and Engineering Award? I hope it's Avatar. Weta Digital's Dark Dr. Mark Sagar was part of the team who got that special Scientific and Engineering Academy Award bronze plaque for innovations in visual effects technology used in Avatar. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. We love Weta Workshop, uh, and they, I'm sure, will be very much involved. The team was so strong. Paul Debevich who, as those of us who have played with computers know, is the uh, director of graphics research at USC, the University of Southern California. Uh, He was basically the leader of this team that Mm -hmm. did this brilliant technology that made Avatar, to me at least, at least come alive. It yes. gave me the beautiful plants that they had engineered. Oh, my gosh, those plants were the just trees. so amazing. The trees, the trees and the plants. Amazing. So this whole team of four people got the uh, Academy Award bronze plaque for scientific and engineering achievement. Uh, very, very, very well deserved. Yes, Revolutionize absolutely. the... Um, uh, Sager's idea was to use a light stage to make the computer-aided gener- computer-generated copies of the actors. That was his contribution to Amazing. the process, which is perhaps, I mean, some would argue, one of the most significant things, capturing a complete sampling of what a face looks like under any particular lighting direction. It's just an amazing computer achievement. Yes. And, and yet, to me, as a computer and a film guy, I was not conscious of the computer stuff, Tani, I was conscious of the art. Yes. I was conscious of the of the genius and the beauty, but I was not aware that a computer was there. It was yeah. so beautiful. So they so got. Beautiful. I just went and saw Avatar again last. Uh, I believe it was Sunday night. I love it. If if anything captures Elven home to me, uh, it's it's uh, the the Navi there on Pandora. And the home tree. The home oh tree and the tree gosh, of souls yes. and, and their connection with the animals. I mean, just they're just so much of it. We could go off off into it. However, uh, we are going to be going off into sports. <laughs> and just eater baseball. Ant For eater those baseball. of you that like the balls and the bats and yes. and the and the uh, diamond. It's and all here good. It's a, right, we call it a diamond. It's a precious yes. thing in baseball. It's a diamond linking into our gem show today. Absolutely. And uh, so with that, because um, we have the elves and the hobbits that were such great friends, we'll be even ending our show today with a song, Into the West, which, um, of course, the elves sailed into the West, and Frodo and Bilbo eventually sailed into the West, into Elven Home. And because we are a, an alternative radio station, uh, we will not be playing the version by Annie Lennox, but a version by Coco B, one of my dear, dear friends and fellow yoga teachers, who is also in her own right a wonderful, incredible uh, singer. And she recorded this version of Into the West Which is for a us. tremendously beautiful version. I yes. had not heard it before I met you, Tani, you, you knowledgeable and <laughs> far-reaching elf. Well, and she recorded this for me way back in the beginning when the show first started so that I would have some uh, Lord of the Rings music to be able to share uh, th- this beautiful song uh, with people uh, with from an you know from another venue an- yet another beautiful voice adding to the tapestry of artistry and music for Middle Earth. So uh, with that, uh, let's say goodbye to our friends. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening in. Um, Thank you, Tani, for those wonderful gifts you gave me, the oh, beautiful heart welcome. 
and the the raw. Well, I hope that brings much stones. much love and much uh, peace and harmony into your home with Nora. Thank you. And uh, into your little Hobbit home there. Oh, our little <laughs> Hobbit hole. And uh, I know I sleep with my crystals. I have uh, I have my bag here, a, j- a big bag of them. And uh, again, if someone is interested, we do still have a gift. Uh, a few more moments. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four. A gift of love and harmony for. Your home. And two weeks from today, Tani, I will have a trip report from Alice in Wonderland oh, by Tim Burton. Oh, wonderful. That is good. I'm so looking forward to that movie. I've seen the trailers, and I, I love the story, and Johnny Depp, and just uh, the whole thing Helena is be... Bonham Carter. I Are you know, kidding me? I love her. She's fantastic. So many wonderful, fun adventures and things for elves and hobbits to enjoy. So if people want to contact us, and I, I'd love to hear from you. Ask an elf at yahoo.com. And and uh, in two weeks, we will be talking about hair. Our very special guest will be Lee Anthony of Lee Anthony and Company, and we are going to be talking about hair. There, we see lots of hair in the in the stories of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, people uh, people are, aren't often aware of the importance of hair. You know, with the hobbits on their their nice hairy feet, and but the story of uh, Luthien and uh, her weaving a cloak of magic with her hair. So we'll be talking about hair and. Um, some modern concepts of hair. What do you do when it starts going away? And what can you do when you start when it starts breaking? And what a wonderful way to frame your face with beauty. So I'm really looking forward Lee to Anthony it. Lee Anthony and Company. Uh, Lee Anthony of Lee Anthony and Company. So uh, that's in two weeks. We'll be back. In the meantime, I guess we should say Namaria to all of our friends. Thank you, Tani, for a wonderful experience this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And Alin Salalumin Mintielvo, a star shines at the hour of our meeting, my friend. And we'll be back in two weeks. I'll see you then. Okay. And here is Coco B with Into the West. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. KUCI, the best radio station in the history of the universe.